You know, this week has been uh, the end of uh, this week, rather, is uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, I know that many people sat around the table, and you had uh, turkey and, and um, you know, yams, greens, uh, gumbo. Oh, that's what we had. And, but you, 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 you begin to share about what you were thankful for. You begin to talk about and reflect on how God had bless, has blessed you. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to just spend just a little time um, among family to talk about the blessing and to talk about understanding the blessing, understanding the blessing. It's because it's so important that we do understand the blessing because we, if we don't understand the blessing, we would never, we won't ever recognize the capacity that the blessing provides to us or the benefit that it provides fully. And uh, I'll liken it very much to this. Most of us have VCRs and we, uh, well, at one time we had VCRs. And uh, m many of the people, when I would visit their homes or uh, friends of mine, that their, their, their timer would be blinking on their VCR, which simply meant that they had not set the time. And uh, most of them and most of us, we, we only knew uh, really how to play a tape, or how to record something at the moment. And uh, many of us did not recognize uh, until much later, certainly for me, that you could record a show a day, in a, a day later, or you could set it where it could record a week later. And so we were comfortable that it would play and we could record at the moment, but out of that comfort, we never realized the full capacity of that VCR. Because we were satisfied that we could, we could uh, uh, enjoy it at the moment. Do you know what? When I think about that, I think about the blessing also. The blessing is very much like that. It is in some ways that we've heard about the blessing and uh, we, we know about the blessing. Uh, we uh, even reduce the blessing down to a couple of words, you know, like, wow, you were really a blessing. Be blessed. Uh, this week we were walking around, and you know we're followers, we're believers, of Christ followers and believers. Um, and uh, our youngest son um, spoke to someone. We were at one of the museums, and he spoke to someone, and and uh, and good morning, how are you doing? And uh, just a casual speaking, she says, blessed and highly favored. I mean, she screamed it out. You could hear it. It was like one of the statues in the place. And, you know, we kind of took him back a little bit that she just wouldn't, she just had to go there and not just say, you know, I'm doing really, really, really well. You know, God is, you know, but it was that cliche of blessed and highly favored. And so this morning, as we kind of talk about understanding the blessing I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 1. We're going to open our Bibles today. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. And we want to read that together as we talk about, um, because 
if we don't understand the blessing, we create our own meaning of the blessing, then we'll use it we'll use it by watering it down from what God originally intended for the blessing to mean. And so in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, and we're going to read verse 28, champions, let's read this together like we know it is a word of His power. Now, so God created man in His own image, image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them, verse 28. Then God, then God what? Then God what? Then God blessed them. Let's begin to read again, verse 28, now. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And he told them to fill the earth and what? So first God blessed them, and then he told them to subdue the earth. And he says that now I want you to have a dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living creature. Now when you read earlier in that particular passage in Genesis 1 around verse 20, uh, God blesses the fish and the, and, and, and the, and the things that, that are in the sea and those living things that he had created. He blessed them also, but he did not say to them subdue, but he said it after he had created man. He says that I'm going to bless you. He blessed them rather. And he says that now subdue. Now, if something has to be subdued, it now, it then now says that it can get out of control. And so he says that I want you to subdue this thing and I want you to bring it into control when it gets out of control. Now, so let's talk about that because it's the principle of first mention in in uh, biblical hermeneutics, which says that uh, when something is mentioned the first time, it is a, 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 a meaning that is carried throughout. So the Bible says God blessed them. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And so we know then that the blessing is an empowerment from God. The blessing is an empowerment from God for you to succeed, for you to increase, and for you to fulfill your purpose. It is empowerment that comes from God for you to succeed, for you to increase, and to fulfill your purpose and empowerment. And so uh, when we think about the blessing then, now let's look in Genesis a little bit further down, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. Genesis 2, verse 8. So we find here that God blessed man and he says that I want you to subdue the, 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 the earth of fish and, and those things that will uh, multiply. Make sure that things stay in order. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. Let's read it together now. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had... Now notice this. Who planted the garden? Who planted the garden? Okay, God planted the garden. Let's go to verse 9. And let's look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. And let's read it together now. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight. And now, 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 who planted the garden? God. Who made the garden grow? So Adam didn't have anything initially for the garden, uh, input in the garden growing. He plant, uh, God planted the garden. Then, 
uh, God caused what he had planted to grow. Now look in verse 15. Verse 15, let's read it together now. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden. Now, now who caused the garden to grow? Who planted the garden? Now, God had blessed the man. So God took a blessed man and put him in the garden that he planted, that he caused everything to grow, for the man to tend it and to keep it. So notice this, that it gives us an indication about the blessing. And uh, it, it's important then that we recognize then that the blessing was designed for you not to labor in your work. God never intended for us to struggle in our work, to struggle to have our needs met. He never intended that uh, for us because there was a blessing that he put on us and the blessing that he put on us, it was designed to take labor out of work. And we were to enjoy what was beautiful that had been made by God, that had been increased by God, and that an empowerment that God had given us to succeed, to increase, and to fulfill our purpose. That was what the purpose of the blessing was. And so Adam wasn't designed to struggle. And so from the beginning of time, it was God's intention uh, not only to just bless Adam, but to keep the blessing operating in the earth from generation to generation. And so what he did is that he, uh, he blessed uh, Adam. Adam messed up. He blessed Noah. Noah messed up. He blessed Abram. Abram messed up, but God kept the blessing on his life. And then later in the New Testament, we see Jesus comes along, and Jesus came in the order of Melchizedek, and Melchizedek is a priest. It doesn't show any beginning or end to Melchizedek. He just came, just as the, word, the Bible says in John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So before there was ever a creation, the Word was in existence. And he became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus came in that order, but he's also, uh, Abraham is also considered a, a father that he came through. Now, when we look at that and we see exactly how, it's all, how it all comes together, it's so important then that we recognize that when God blessed Abram, he blessed Abraham, it wasn't a temporary thing. Because when you get to the New Testament and you read all about Abraham, God never talked once about where he messed up at. He only talks about what he did right. Isn't that amazing? That you can mess up, but because the blessing is on your life, if you'll say, oh God, then now God just removed that from you, and then the blessing keeps operating. You're able to continue to succeed. You're able to increase. You're able to uh, 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 fulfill your purpose. Now, so, so Abram messed up. And do you know what's amazing about that is that God asked him to give up his son, and he was willing to do that. And it was something he had been waiting for for years and years and years and years, but it was out of that obedience. But the amazing thing about it, isn't it interesting God didn't ask him to give up his wife because he was willing to give that up to a man, let alone to God. And so God asked him to give up something that was meaningful to him, but it confirmed Abraham's uh, trust in God. Now, look at this. 
So God blessed Abraham, Abram, Abraham, and the same blessing that God put on Abram and Abraham, he put on us. Let's take a look at that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 9. Galatians 3, verse 9. And I want to look at that in the New Living Translation. Galatians chapter 3, verse 9 in the New Living Translation. Come on, champions, let's read that together like we know it is the word of his power. We, we, we want to understand this blessing, understand this blessing. Because the Bible says, in all you're getting, get what? Understanding. So notice this. Let's read it together now. So all who put their... Oh, my God. So all, would you say that's me? All, would you say that's me? All who put their faith in Christ, we share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. So notice this, because of our faith, we share the same blessing that Abraham received because of his faith. And so we have to ask ourselves the question then, well, what was the blessing that Abraham received? There are several facets of that blessing, but one of those were God would give him a place. God would give him a place. He says that I want you to go to a place. I said, I'm going to show it to you. The second thing that we see uh, was a blessing of Abraham was that God would cause him to succeed. The Bible tells us that God made Abraham, it, it doesn't say rich, it says very rich. He caused him to succeed. Uh, but Abraham had a heart for God. Abraham wasn't looking at the end result of succeeding. He looked at being obedient to God. And out of that trust, God honored his covenant and the blessing that he had placed on his, on his life. Another uh, facet of that is that God would cause him to be a blessing to generations. So isn't that wonderful that the blessing that God has placed on you, that that same blessing can cause your children to be blessed, can cause your children's children to be blessed, can cause your great-grandchildren to be blessed? The Bible tells us that that blessing that was put on Abraham was for generations, not just for him, not just for the moment, not just for his life. Another thing that we find is that these, the blessings that he put on him would last forever. Now, now we've got to comprehend that because we're so used to temporary things. But the blessing that God placed on him to succeed, to increase, to fulfill his purpose, that it was, a, it was a promise, that blessing, that empowerment would last forever. And so what happens is that God tied this Abrahamic blessing in the New Testament to us. And, and why did he do that? It, because, it was because God's intention was always to have the blessing operating in the earth. And so when we chose him, he empowered us and put the blessing on our lives. And you know this blessing that God put on your life? to succeed, to increase, to fulfill purpose. No one can take it away from you. No one. Look, let's look at Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 and 20. The, the king was a little uh, angry, and so he called uh, for, uh, he was not happy with the people of God. And he noticed that they were blessed. And, and he called to have them cursed and to put a curse on their lives. 
And so as he called for a curse to be on their lives, notice now the instructions that he gives and the feedback that he gets. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 and 20, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent, as he said, and will he not do. So God will do what he has said. Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? In other words, there, he's asking questions, but he's actually making statements. And the statements that he's making are, are this. God said it and he's going to do what he said. He's saying that he spoke it and he's going to make good on what he has spoken. And notice this, these last two uh, sentences. Behold, I have received a command to what? He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. So notice this, that whatever God's placed on your life, the blessing that God's placed on your life, the empowerment to succeed, to increase, and to fulfill purpose, that no one can take it away from you. No one can take it away. Oh, voodoo can't take it away from you. The Bible tells us that it is, in Deuteronomy, he says that blessing, I will bless you if you obey my commands. So no one can take it away from you that you can cause it to become of no effect. But notice this, that you've got the power. You've got the power to subdue the things that try to take away what God has given to you. And so, and so he says that God has already blessed them, so I can't reverse what he has done. It's, and it took me to, I believe, his First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 27, it took me to a place where David began to talk to God, and he says, God, bless my house, Lord, for I recognize that when you bless my house, it will be blessed forever. And so you've got to see that, look, no one can take this blessing away that I have. So we've got to understand it so that we can walk in it so that we can release it. And as we understand it and as we walk in it and as we release it, you may ask the question, well, if I'm saved, the Bible says that those that are saved, that have faith in God, that they have the blessing upon them and the blessing is for, with them forever and ever and ever. And you might say that, you know what, I'm saved, but I don't feel like I'm blessed. I don't feel like that the blessing is on me. I don't, I don't see the evidence of this blessing upon my life. And you know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 23, 7, Proverbs 23, 7 is, as a man think in his heart. So is who? So is he. So you say that I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see the blessing. I, I don't feel like I'm blessed. So why is it then that I don't see this physical evidence of the blessing in my life? And the Proverbs 23 tells us is that as you think in your heart, so are you. And so what you have to do is you have to have knowledge of this blessing. You've got to have that knowledge of this blessing. And, 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 and you have to do work. But you don't have to struggle. God does not intend for us to struggle. But we do have to work. Now, let me give you an example. That there are some things you have that many times we may not know that we have them. And I, uh, let, me, let me use this analogy. Have you ever had a set of keys that you lost? And was that me? I, it happened to me this week. And, and Gwen became a little concerned about me. Because it, right when we were leaving, coming to the airport, I was like, I got in the car and I go, where's my glasses? And so I, I said, oh, uh, they said, well, 
Did you put it in your, no, I didn't put it in. Did you, no, I didn't. Let me just go back in the house and let me see. And I looked all around in almost every room. And I saw those glasses right there blending in with the company. And I picked them up. And I said, I once was blind, but now I see. So, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. You have to know that you have it. You can't doubt it. You have to know that, you, that God's put the blessing upon your life. Uh, if you've ever lost a set of keys, and, and I, I know it's happened to me, and you go around the house and you're looking in every room for your keys. You know, from, from my perspective, I turn over cushions. I pull things up. I, I, if the bed is made, I look and un, under the table, under the, I look everywhere. And then when I can't find them, I start going to family members and accusing them for moving them. <laughs> Gwen, did you move my keys? I always put them right there. No, Liddell, I didn't move your keys. And I just go down the line, anybody in the house. But you know what? I thought I lost my keys, but I discovered I had not lost my keys. For my keys were in my pocket, and I did not know it. And so notice this. I had the power to leave anytime I wanted to, but I did not know that I had the power. To, I didn't have to be delayed 30 minutes because the power to leave was with me. I just did not know it. That's how the blessing works. If you're looking for, well, where's the blessing? Where's the blessing? Where's the blessing? No, the blessing is upon you. And you don't have to look for it. You already have it. You have the power. You have the authority. And the blessing is already on you. To succeed. everything that God wanted to do with you, he put on the inside of you. It's the seed of the greatness. See, the Bible says that your gift shall bring you before what? Kings. You should be known by your gift. Where you get your gift from. So you have to work it, but God didn't intend for you to struggle with it. And so when we do that, then we recognize, boy, the blessing is upon me. 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 And then now you know you've got the power. You don't have to look for it. You know that you already have it. And do you know what? You have it forever and ever and ever. And no one can take it away from you. And because no one can take it away, you never have to question whether you have the blessing or not. Everything that God did and every name that he gave, he did it for a purpose. There's one more scripture that I want to give you this morning, and then I want to share something with you, and then we're going to pray. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 and 28, Deuteronomy 11, 26 and 28. I set before you today a blessing and a curse. Look at this. God says that I'm setting before you just as the, that he had blessed Adam. And he set before Adam the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm setting before you a blessing and a curse. Let's look at the next verse, verse 27. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. Verse 28. And the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside from the way which I command 
So notice this. No one can take the blessing from you, but you can give it up. You can cause it to become of no effect in your life. But God says that if you choose to obey me, look, you may miss him, you may mess up, but because the blessing is upon you, that God doesn't remember your mess-ups if your motivation was to always to return to God when he revealed to you what you had done. It's something that God has placed in the earth. And he says that everything that I've named, I put here. And although you may not see it physically in your life, you keep saying it, you keep speaking it. Because God changed Abram's name to Abraham, the father of many nations. And he didn't have a child. But he had to go around in a very uncomfortable way being called the father of many nations. Not even having a child. We know then that uh, Jacob was a trickster. He went around being called that until God changed, until he wrestled with God and God changed his name. He says that I won't let you go until you bless me. I won't let you go until you empower me to succeed. I won't let you go. And the Bible says that God blessed him and he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. One of the beautiful sites that we we went to in, in D.C. It was, was the Bible Museum. It's been open for a week. It was amazing that you walk through the Old Testament. And I'm talking about a true experience, not just reading and seeing. You felt the air when they journeyed through the wilderness. And so it was an interactive that took you a mile maybe. It was, it was truly amazing, and as we walked around, that there were certain places where they were reenacting elements of the Bible, and it was a great opportunity for people who did not know God could actually experience Him, New Testament and other things as well. But by knowing Him, it was a reminder of what He had already done on our behalf. And so we, we, we truly enjoyed that. But as we, as we walked and as we went, later on we went to the uh, African-American Museum. Um, and you know it's just really crowded and they don't have any tickets available now until, what, March? But God gives, puts a blessing on our lives. And I just made one phone call this week and said, I'd like to come Saturday and can I have five tickets? The next day, I got five tickets emailed to me. Didn't cost me nothing. I didn't have to bribe anybody. I just asked for them. The blessing. But what's truly amazing, and can I just share this with you just for a few moments? What's truly amazing is that the first thing you do is you go down, and you, you'll have to go. You go down an elevator, and it takes you all the way down to the 1500s, and you walk through slavery. I mean, you experience it. Interactive, it is 70 feet below ground, and they have three levels that bring you from 1500s to the year of 2000. And as you walk around and you see and you reflect at how the people struggled to be free, how they had such little opportunity but yet made such a great impact. Several years ago, there was a little boy that was 14 years old that was killed. You could take pictures anywhere in the museum except for the memorial. 
They beat him, they shot him, and they hung him. His mother was so outraged, he had gone on vacation, and he walked into a store, and the lady says, he looked at me the wrong way. 10, 15 years ago, they shot him. Four days later, they came and took him. They shot him. They hung him. 14 years old. So as you go into this place, his mother decided to have an open casket because she wanted to show the hatred that had been expressed to her son. People were outraged, and it advanced what we know as civilization. What's amazing about that is I began to reflect on how the talents that God gave. One, he gave one. He gave gave, uh, uh, five talents, two, the extreme. And there are some people with five talents, but they use them as if they're in a one-talent environment. And there are people that have one talent, and they use it as if they're in a five-talent environment. And I believe it's a call to us that as we've gone through this week of Thanksgiving, that we look at the gifts that God has placed on the inside of us and understand that God has blessed us. He's empowered you to succeed. He's empowered you to increase. He's empowered you to fulfill his purpose here in the earth. How can we sit and watch television and play video games when there's so much kingdom to be advanced? See, the blessing benefits you, but it brings glory to God. The blessing is important to you, and it's also important to God. But it benefits you, but it brings glory to God. So I want you to just consider this this morning, that as as you bow your head this morning, I want you to close your eyes, and I just want you to consider this. I want you to consider all what God is doing. As we talked this morning, God said that I will make a man, that I will bless this man. The man would mess up and there would be a flood on the earth and then God would get Noah. And he did and said to the second man the same thing he did and said to the first man. Genesis chapter 9, he says that the Bible says he blessed him and said the same thing over and over again. Noah and his sons, later God chose Abram in Genesis 12 and He says that I'm going to do to this man what I did to the previous man because I want that blessing to remain and be in operation in the earth. So God told Abram, he says, I'm going to bless you. And and Abram messed up, but God didn't take the blessing. The blessing remained forever and ever upon Abram. Then God said that I'm going to choose another man, and he chose Jesus. He said that I'll make him the priest from the order of Melchizedek. The only thing that Melchizedek did in the Bible, he's just received gifts and he released blessings. And from the beginning of time, God had the intention to keep the blessing in operation in the earth. And so he would find him a man. God would find him another man. God will find him a woman, but God has found you. Because anybody who comes to Jesus and trusts him, like Abraham did, 
God says, and I'm going to put the blessing on you that I put on Abraham. No one can take it away from you. And the blessing will be with you forever and ever and ever. And he says, this blessing will cause you to succeed. It will cause you to increase. It will cause you to fulfill purpose and meaning in life. But he says, don't sit down on that gift that I have given you. And I believe it is a challenge to all of us today to do more, to evaluate our own lives and say, am I doing what I can to the level of my capacity with the blessing that God has given me, recognizing that the blessing benefits me, but it glorifies God. My challenge to you this week is to begin to look at your own life and look at what more can you do with the gift that God has given you? What can you do? There's some of you that may need to develop a skill with that gift. Some of you just need to use it. And there are limitations that will, you'll be faced with. There are obstacles that you will come in contact with. But just as God changed Abram's name, Gave him a name, Abraham. Just as God gave Israel a name. Just as God gave Jesus a name. There was a meaning behind those names. And God has given us a name, Triumph. God has given us a name, the Champion Center. And a champion is anyone who overcomes obstacles in life in the pursuit of purpose. That's what God has spoken over you. What will you do? to maximize the gift that God has given you. I challenge you to pray about it, talk about it, but do something.